Welcome to In The Moment Live. I am Janine Rotter. I've spent the past decade educating clients through my one-on-one personal coaching programs and online nutrition courses. My work has been published in health and fitness articles, Oxygen Magazine, and many Arizona-based media outlets. Today, I am empowering women to live their best lives in the moment. Each week, you will find me here with an exciting new guest or solo where no topic is off limits, bringing unique life experiences to the table live and in the moment. Meet with me every week for in-depth hot topic sessions where no topic is too taboo. In the moment live, we talk about health and wellness, sexuality, intimacy, and spirituality, and how they all connect together for the most powerful and meaningful life. I encourage you to join us during our live sessions and to submit your topic ideas for a chance at it being the main topic in the moment, plus the opportunity for you to be coached by me live one-on-one. This is In The Moment. All right. Welcome to In The Moment. I'm here today with special guest and empathetic energy healer, Denise Knutson. I had been searching for an energy healing for months, an energy healer for months, when I was introduced to Denise at a gong sound experience and energy healing event that she hosted at my yoga studio in Scottsdale. When I found out about the event, I immediately called her before the event, and our first conversation lasted for almost two hours. We couldn't believe that the connection we had. We grew up in the same small town. Her aunt was one of my best friends during my senior year of high school, and her other aunt was my sister's childhood best friend and who also became a close friend of mine during high school. Our worlds were intertwined, and our paths were destined and meant to cross at this perfect time of our life. Denise is an empathetic energy healer who can feel your physical pain and rid you of it. She can tap into your energetic body and with guidance from spirit and your angels can help you heal your body as a whole. Denise has cracked me wide open on my spiritual journey, helped heighten my energy and healing powers and has taught me how to heal myself energetically. Denise, welcome to In The Moment. Welcome. How are you? I am good. It's a beautiful day in Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. It's gorgeous out. I I love the heat. I prefer the heat to the cold, so I love it. Do you love the 119-120? I do as long as I'm not stuck in it. (laughs) As long as I have air conditioning in my car and my house, I'm good with it because I don't mind sitting by the pool and just uh, taking in the sun. So yeah, I don't do well in the heat. I I find I get um, very irritable and maybe that's some work we need to work on, but I don't, my perfect temperature is 72. And I find if it's, if I get too cold, I think I do better in cold than extreme heat. I, we know we've been down here in Phoenix for going on seven years, six years. And, um, I just, I don't do well in the summertime. I, yeah. and in and out of the AC. Yeah. I, I don't like it, but. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone's different. Some people regulate better to the cold than the heat. And some of it, it depends on your body type. And so um, a lot of times in the heat, you know, especially if you're really petite and delicate, you can dehydrate really easily. And so you have to pay attention to 
uh, how hydrated are you when you do go out in the heat? Because if you aren't hydrated enough, you can definitely get really dizzy, disoriented. And like you said, cranky because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be overheated or dehydrated. But if you're super hydrated, and I'm sure you've noticed this in Arizona, if you're super hydrated, you go out to the pool and, and you're and you're regulating your temperature by cooling down in the in the in the water, it'll help you to feel better. But if you're laying out of the pool and you're just laying there baking, you can start to feel nauseous really quickly. Right. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you mentioned body types. Have you heard of the dosha body types in the Ayurvedic medicine? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Different body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's the one that my body type is, is known. And, and then right in that, um, aspect, they do say that you should eat certain foods in the summertime and certain foods in the wintertime to help your dosha. And, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, it makes sense because we're not meant to eat seasonal fruits year round Correct. and we have done damage to our systems by doing that, but I don't follow it. Yeah. Well, as you, much as you, I should, I just moved to Arrow, Arrow, Lake Arrowhead, California, where it's 72 degrees. Oh, well, that's perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're listening to what your body needs. <laughs> yeah. My body needs nice temperatures. So <laughs> we are here today because you have a very special gift and, um, I've done work with healers for many, many years. You have been the most transforming for myself and my family. And a lot of people, I believe, hear the word energy healer and they think woo-woo and they think, um, you know, bullshit, bullshit or whatever. But it, until you experience it firsthand and feel the transformation, you know, that's what I want to share with my listeners today is that I've experienced it firsthand and it's not something that is a mindset or, you know, or something that is like of a dream state, right? It really happens and it's real. And I want you to tell us how you got started in this because your story is amazing. Yeah. And, and I feel the same way you do because like realistically, I didn't know anything about energy healing until it happened to me. And, um, if somebody would have told me years ago, oh, you should go do energy healing. I would be like you. And I would say, what's that? You know, cause I, you don't know what it is until you experience it and people experience energy healing on different levels. I didn't understand that until I stepped into the energy healing realm and I started seeking out who else on the planet is helping people heal in this way because for me my 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 story was transforming. Um my first experience uh connecting to my energy body and and clearing my physical body from pain and trauma was through meditation. Um my son had a biology professor that had spent 8 years in Tibet as a monk. And he came home from college and he said, you know, mom, I really think it would help you to meditate. I really think it would help you to, to heal because I was dealing with a lot of trauma at the time. Back in 2004, I was in a rollover car accident here in Phoenix on I-17. And, um, it, it was, it was so traumatic because my vehicle flipped so many times. All my tires were blown out. All my glass windows were blown out. And I had so much, uh, damage to my physical body you know, herniations in, in my discs and bulge discs in my spine. Um, I had a hyena hernia of my stomach that was lodged into my esophagus. So part of my stomach was in my esophagus. 
holding it open. So I had chronic acid reflex where just the acid would just shoot up my throat constantly. Uh, my doctors had me on over 30 medications after my accident because I was in chronic pain. I had severe neuropathy in my hands, my feet, burning and tingling in my fingers, my toes. Um, I couldn't even go to the gym and work out without having my limbs go numb on me. They would burn and tingle and then I would lose all the feeling in my hands and my feet. So I was seeing so many specialists in the Phoenix area. Um, and I had a neurologist, I had orthopedic surgeons I was working with, pain specialist, you name it, I was seeing them. And, and I was trying to do everything I could really to, to make myself better. Physical therapy, six days a week, acupuncture, chiropractic care, anything anyone told me would help benefit me and get me back on track because, you know, I'm a mother and I worked full time. I still do. So for, for me, I just wanted to be healthy again. And that was a journey in itself because I had spent over 10 years really uh, pursuing, trying to get better. And through that journey, I, I ended up on lots of medications, doing lots of therapies, and I was in chronic pain. I was in chronic pain and I was on dozens of medications. And after my first experience meditating, it changed my world. I was literally sitting on my bed in a meditative state and my son guided me and I went so deep within myself that I could feel my body separating. I could feel all of the atoms in my body separating outside of myself like there was no mass to my physical existence. I was just a bunch of atoms just literally dissipating into the universe. But in that moment, I also felt my pain leaving my body. I felt my neuropathy leaving my body. I could feel uh, I could feel my whole body healing itself and I had never experienced in my wildest dreams anything like that. I mean, I would get relief when I would do chiropractic care and they would do the adjustments, but never a, re a full physical relief of the pain leaving my physical body to where I no longer felt it. So, I mean, it was profound and I continued to have amazing, uh, amazing, amazing, profound experiences through meditation to a point to where I no longer had any issues with my physical body. I no longer had any pain, no longer had any neuropathy. And then I started questioning, like, why are we not all taught and told this? Why is there not people on the planet who are teaching us how to heal our body, how to um, go into those altered states of consciousness and connect back to who we are as a spirit so that we can all heal ourselves from within? Because I quickly learned it's not just me that is capable of that. It's all of us because we're all spirits. We're all having this human experience, but we're all able to heal ourselves very profoundly. And um, up until that point, I had just been told like, hey, Denise, if you break your arm, go to the doctor, have it reset and the bone will heal. And and that's that's true. It absolutely will. We, we But to the, to the level of understanding of being able to fully heal yourself in ways mentally, physically, and emotionally that I had never experienced. Um, it, it was life altering for me. And there was no going back from that. Uh, it changed my reality. It changed my world. I went from seeing so many doctors every week to my doctors coming to see me. And it, my whole life transformed. I mean, it, it was it was just it it was transformative. And and if I would have never had that experience, I wouldn't be able to say anything about energy healing because it wouldn't be my truth because it wouldn't be my experience. But because it was my truth and my experience, it changed my world. It changed my reality. Yeah. Well, so one question that, you know, you and I have been, we go deep and, but I've, I've never asked you is what 
So the time frame that you started that first meditation, because meditation has changed my life. I've been doing it for 15 years and yeah, but, but I've never had that experience with you. I have, yeah. but what, what do you think that first session for you? Right. So all yeah. of us that meditate, right. Yes. It's like, we, we want to know why and how, how, why, yes. because yes. I, I think I know the answer you were chosen, but, Correct. um, it, 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 it's like how, so after that first meditation session, how many sessions did you do a day? And then what was that time frame in which you felt completely healed? So that's a really good question because it's layered. Um, I had so many different experiences, not only through meditation, but um, even even the day after my first meditation, I was scheduled for cranial acupuncture in Scottsdale because I had no feeling in the left side of my face. My left eye had went numb after my accident. And so I was doing cranial acupuncture to try and reset the nerves in my brain. And um, my doctor said, Denise, you have demyelinating lesions in your cervical spine. You have white matter in your brain that wasn't there before. You know, you could be getting MS or Parkinson's. And, and I was seeing rheumatoid doctors. I was seeing my neurologist, you know, on a regular basis and taking gabapentin, taking baclofen. I was dealing with trigeminal neuralgia, TMJ issues that I had never had prior to my accident. And um, when I went to Scottsdale the following day after that first meditation, um, I didn't realize how open I was and how transformed I had I, I had been until the specialist, my doctor said, you know, he was sticking the needles in my head and just like putting the needles in as normal. And the needles were just coming out and falling to the floor. And he goes, oh, wow. He goes, okay, Denise, this isn't normal. What's happened to you? And he said, what's happened between the last time I saw you and now? And I said, well, my son Dominic guided me into a meditation last night. And I can't explain it, but my body is healing and repairing itself. And this is my doctor who I'd seen for a long time to try and reset nerves in my brain because I was broken. And he said, you know what? You're having a spiritual awakening. You don't need me anymore. And he explained to me that day. He said, Denise, I know shamans. I know healers, people that will meditate 10, 15 or 20 years before they ever have a spiritual awakening like what you're having. But for whatever reason, it's happening to you overnight. And he was right because I will talk to people and clients who meditate and they've meditated for 20, 30 years. And they'll tell me, Denise, I've never had that profound experience like what you've had. And I truly feel like it, I was ready for it. I didn't, um, I, 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 if I, that would have happened to me years prior, I don't think I would have been ready for it. Mm -hmm. But it also transformed me to a point to where when I opened back up to who I was as a spirit, I knew I was being called to not only heal myself, but to help others on their healing journey and to help awaken people to that same level of consciousness so that you can heal yourself from within too. And um, I truly believe just like everyone is like, has a, has a purpose and a path. Some people have a passion to be doctors. Some people have a passion to be healers. Um, I really think it was just something I was called to do in that moment. And I, I truly believe I had to go through all the trauma that I, that I went through with my accident and, and years after to, to really understand all the different levels of, of healing that, that happen while I'm working with people on a daily basis, because, um, it, 
it is just mind blowing. I, even some of my doctors and specialists said, Denise, if you wouldn't have been so broken and so damaged and had so many things wrong with you, the neuropathy, the burning and tingling, the TMJ, the all, all everything, uh, you know, um, leave you completely. I mean, I, I had idiopathic hyperinsomnia. I had been going to the Valley Sleep Center for years. And they're like, Denise, you're never going into REM sleep. You're, you know, you're, 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 you're not getting a restful night of sleep. And after clearing my energy and, and, and stepping into that um, headspace, I was sleeping like a baby. Like I had never slept in my life. My sleep specialist said, Denise, you had to experience everything you went through and, and go on all those meds and have all of that painful trauma to understand that you are capable and we are capable of healing on a deeper level. Because she said, if it would have just been one thing happened to you, like, oh, numb hands, numb feet or something like that. But she said, you had so many layers of trauma that were lifted from you completely that it was so like, for me, it was just, I was just in awe of who we are as spirits at that point. I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's this innate wisdom that's within me. That's more profound than anything I've ever experienced or anything that I could even ever conceptualize that I've tapped into. And why are we not all doing this? And and it led me on a whole new journey. Well, and it's almost, it's not, it is that you had to live that experience and you had to feel that pain and you had to suffer because yes. now you can share and have that compassion and empathy for the people that are going through it because you walked that path. You felt Absolutely. that pain for 10 years. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and especially and it, now. It, yeah. It was a whole layer of things. I mean, yeah. I had so many things happen over that time frame. I mean, I would go see chiropractors and they would say, Denise, you know, your spine is so damaged. You know, there's people that have moderate damage, severe damage, mild damage, but then there's you. And I would have specialists refuse to even work on me because I was so, I mean, I had a permanent reverse curvature of my spine and my neck from the vehicle flipping multiple times. And, and they're like, you know, we could paralyze you if we try and work on you. And I was just, a, I would shake and I would sweat. And I'm like, I just need to get better. And even my orthopedic surgeon, he's like, I don't even want to do surgery on your spine. I'm just so scared. He's like, just give yourself some time. You're young and give yourself some time to heal. And hopefully we don't have to do any reconstructive surgery on you. But he would refer me to a pain specialist here in Arizona. And it was, it was really traumatic to go through all of those different things. And now every day when I'm working with people, I get to see that like other people who are going through the same things I went through, through the, you know, the neuropathy, through the, you know, carpal tunnel and tarsal tunnel and all the things that I experienced. So I can totally relate to their pain. I can totally relate to the acid reflux, the horrible you know, like medication coming back up the throat, burning. Um, it's just, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's been, a, it's been a journey, but it's been a beautiful journey. So you have this awakening and then how did it come about with, this is, this is my, you know, this is what my calling is. And how did you start healing people? How did that transform? <laughs> That's a good question. Also, like um, it, I was so called to help people heal that everyone around me, um, it, it didn't matter where I went. 
I was literally being guided to help and assist people on their healing journey. It doesn't matter if I was in a store. It didn't matter. Um, for, for me, like we would be on vacation with family and my brother's sitting there in the hot tub and he's talking about um, going a hundred miles an hour. And I feel this mass amount of pain, you know, shooting through his head and he's stressed over child support and money and, and life. And all I'm, all I can feel is his pain, what he's going through, the, the, the magnitude of stress he's carrying in his head. Before I know it, I'm like standing there with my eyes closed in the hot tub, clearing his pain, removing his trauma. And he's saying, Oh my God, sister, what are you doing? This is amazing. And, and it was so profound within me. I couldn't stop myself. I literally would start channeling energy and frequency through me to help everyone around me heal. And all of my family and even my friends, my spouse, you know, my husband, everyone's like, what is going on with you? Because I mean, <laughs> I was changed. I would, my, yeah. my frequency changed, who I was changed. Even my husband said, Denise, like you talk about things now that are so over my head, speak English. And I'm like, what do you mean? I am speaking English, but I was, I was transforming who I was and I didn't even know it until people would point it out to me. And, and it was so natural and so normal to just start gravitating, to help everyone around me to heal that even my doctors started handing me patients phone numbers and saying, we're not supposed to do this, but please call this person if you feel inclined. And, and I'm like, what? And as I'm like, you shared, they started coming to see you as well, the doctors. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, 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 you know, I have a number of my specialists that, um, that started connecting with me. Um, even I have some amazing stories with some of my specialists who were transformed through my healing and, and we're just like, oh my goodness, like, this is wonderful. Um, my cardiovascular consultant at cardiovascular CV, CV, See, cardiovascular consultants here in Arizona, she was so touched by what happened to me. At first, she said, are you eating better? Are you dieting and exercises? Because I have to take you off the meds I put you on, the Dicelatam, the Metropolol. And she goes, your heart rate is so low. What are you doing? And I said, Dr. Wynn, I'm, uh, I'm meditating and I'm self-healing. And she said, Denise, that's amazing. She goes, I'm Buddhist. I'm from Asia. I've meditated every day of my life. I'm healthy as a horse. I've never had a single health issue. And I looked at her and I said, Dr. Wynn, why have you not shared this with me? I've seen you for over 10 years and I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on procedures and, and therapy and chiropractic care every day of the week at trying to fix myself. And you've never mentioned to me meditating. And she just looked at me and she said, you know, we're not supposed to share our religious beliefs, our private practices with our patients. But she said, I do have to take you off these meds. And um, it was so transforming for her that she said, Denise, instead of seeing you back in three to six months, I need to see you back in 10 days. I have to take you off the meds. I have to win you off them. If you start to feel dizzy because your blood pressure is so low because I can't pull you just straight off of them. You need to wean yourself off. Most people will, will be weaned off over months from the medications I was weaned off of. My doctors had me, had to wean me off in days and weeks. And even my neurologist was just b beside himself. Um, and the thing is, is, you know, cause I was on gabapentin and baclofen, you know, three times a day, I had pill organizers for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and snack. 
because of my pain. And the pills masked my pain, but they didn't clear it. They didn't heal it. I was still in pain. And if I missed a dose of my gabapentin or my baclofen, I felt it. I felt like a hot mess because I could feel the pain shooting through my body. And so side effects from those, man, they're serious. (laughs) Very serious. Very serious. When they put me on gabapentin for the first time, three times a day, I started having narcoleptic crashes. I would be at work and I would just fall to the floor. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's just the gabapentin. And they're, they're like, you have to push be on through it. it. Push through it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be on it for it to help you. And and yeah. I, I did. I listened to everything my doctors told me to do. Everything. That's all you knew. That's all I knew. Yeah. That's, and all, that's I knew. all That's all most people know. They don't know what you know and what you are teaching us is that we can heal ourselves. And, you know, I'm not downing Western medicine. There's a place for Western medicine, Absolutely. but but pharmaceutical companies like to keep us sick. They make billions and billions of dollars by prescribing 30 prescription drugs to one person. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and I do want to say, I, I do want to say, I respect medical doctors tremendously without be, prior to my awakening and not knowing any better, if I didn't have a medical specialist helping me to numb my neuropathy and numb my pain and, and, and to, to be that interim between my healing, I would have been a hot mess because I was a wreck. I was dealing with so much pain. And the thing is, is like, there is a place for Western medicine and there is a place for holistic Absolutely. health. Absolutely. Absolutely. But where they're missing the mark is by not intertwining all three together. If you work with these surgeons, and I know you've shared stories that I want you to touch on, is you're in the ICU unit with these patients and you're not allowed in there. And by the divine, you are in there. You've said, I don't know how I've been allowed into these units. And you have brought people back and I, if they would just be open to the power of energy healing and gifts that we have, you know, years, ancient times, right? You were, you were a witch. You were, you know, people were burned at the, you know, they were burned alive. They were, you know, these people, these healers were frowned upon for their healing powers. And there, there's so many people out there that thank God you are able to share your story now. And um, it's funny as I was, I was telling, I tell everybody about you, I get, you know, Uh but they, um, this last week I was sharing the information and, you know, one of the comments is like, well, where did she go to school? And I'm like, "Um, I don't think there's a school that can teach this. I'm pretty sure she has a gift that was handed down by a higher source that just said, this is guiding her. Absolutely. Um, there is and, and, no school. And and that's beautiful because when, you know, for me, I, I was so touched. Like I didn't even understand what was happening to me after I awakened. When I started channeling frequency and energy through my hands and, and just really just, <clears throat> I didn't even understand that we were frequency and energy beings. If you talk to any person who's educated and understands um, physics, they'll tell you everything on the planet is energy. Everything is frequency. It doesn't matter if it's your 
your house, your car, you, your dog, we're all frequency and we're all energy. But I didn't understand that until I was literally channeling energy and feeling people's energy. When I started feeling people's like her and their pain, I mean, I was working on a client yesterday and she's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, your neck. And she goes, how do you know that? And I'm like, because I feel it. And the thing is, is we all have this capability within us, but a lot of us just shut it off or turn it off because it, it, it could be overwhelming to a lot of people to tap into everything, into everyone's energy and everyone fre- everyone's frequency. But to answer your question about that, I did start seeking after I had my awakening. I started seeking out who else on the planet is healing others. But, you know, who else under has this understanding? Who else is this happening to? And I was shown, I quickly went in, like, was introduced to Reiki healing, pranic healing, Qigong healing. And I started wanting to learn everything about everything. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I really, it was really interesting because I would go to, to try and learn something and I would end up teaching the pranic healers, teaching the Qigong specialist. And, and for me, it wasn't even a matter of teaching them. It was a matter of everyone who's on the planet who's learning something from a teacher or a guru or someone, they're, 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 we are human. So we only know as much as our teacher has taught us and as much as we, as much as our parents and our siblings and our, and our, our friends around us are teaching us. And that's the extent of our knowledge, how much we read in books, how much life experience we've had. But there's an innate wisdom and, and, a, and a level of consciousness inside of each of us that far surpasses anything that you're going to read, anything that you've been taught or told. And when you start to tap into your consciousness, now that level of consciousness is everything you were, everything you are, and everything you will be. It's like a whole stream of consciousness where when you tap into that wisdom that's within you, it is profound because that's our connection to God. That's our connection to the angelic realm. And just like you said, a lot of people used to think that energy healers were witches or woo-woo or whatever, and some people still do. Mm -hmm. I was quickly shown that we are all spirits. We are all one. We are all interconnected. And we all have the ability to heal ourselves and heal others. That doesn't mean that everyone's called to do it, but we have the ability within us to do it. Well, and I... I I truly believe that that is why we found each other when we did, because I had been searching for an energy healer and why, right? Yeah. Source was saying this. And when I, you know, launched in the moment, it was all the podcast. It was all, you know, the women's retreats and we did our first women's retreat. And again, it was, I was so emotional at this retreat. I was crying all the time. Like what is happening? Yeah. I was having this spiritual awakening of, it was profound and came home, um, from that started back into yoga. Right. Yeah. And that was with at the center where you do so much work and it, it was within weeks. I mean, it was days, it was fire. Someone lit the fire and said, here you go. Here are all your people that you need to start your spiritual awakening. And we lined up, we started working together. I've, I've been having major, what we have figured out to be brain inflammation for years and years, 12 years. I've seen so many doctors, so many 
like you said, acupuncture, healers, all this, no one has ever been able to teach me what you have taught me and clear that and teach me how to clear it. It's not Mm -hmm. over. I still deal with it. Like I shared with you a couple nights ago during our session, but I now know how to release that pain and that inflammation within minutes. Yeah. And that is what's so transforming. And, but I, I, you know, I told you we've, we've been wanting to set up this session and I, I you know, I, I've kind of been hiding it cause <laughs> it's hard to admit, but it was like, you know, Hey, to be honest, I've, I've put in the moment on the back burner with the podcast because my path is meditation now. And people are just flocking to me about teach me how to meditate, uh, do a guided meditation. I'm having problems sleeping. You know, last night we went to dinner with friends and it's a, it's a crazy, the amount of men that are coming to me. I I opened up in the moment for women only and men, more men contacting me. And like you said, George is saying people want to meditate. People want to learn. And, and that's where it's carrying me. And it's just crazy that, you know, I needed you to help crack me open and just open me up that much farther to say, okay, that, Hey, this is where you're going to go. This is where you're. And I haven't shared this with you even. Um, but I want to touch to the listeners. Why I am such a believer is the first session we had was amazing. You know, she does this finger thing that is crazy. And I thought it was a gun, but, um, you know, <laughs> oh, this is actually your energy. I'm channeling your energy and the amount of inflammation that I had, you, I remember you saying, I, I just, I didn't feel good. I, and you were like, I'm surprised you're not in the ER. It's so yeah. bad. I don't know if you remember our first session, yeah. but you were just like, Janine, this, this is so yeah. bad. It, yeah. You're going to land yourself in the hospital. And we did some amazing work. And after that first session, again, just cracked wide open. I started having, during meditation, I was seeing um, flashcards of symbols that I didn't recognize. And I am aware that I'm going to have to know what those symbols are. And I, I do believe that I know what those symbols are, but at some point, in a past life or in a this life or a future life, I will have to read in uh, those symbols. But I've had so many crazy things come, um, visitations and dreams. And I think the second session with you was my experience was um, the out of body. And you hear about it during meditation and I've never experienced it. I've had some mm-hmm. great you know, release. But during that, you know, I was at the ocean and I was on a boat and I saw the bright white light and I said, Oh my God, don't go to the white light. You hear, don't go to the light, (laughs) but you're telling me you're safe, you're safe. And you guide us through this incredible guided meditation session. And, um, I basically said, fuck it. I'm going to the light. And (laughs) it was just, I hear people talk about it. I hear about, you know, going to leaving your body and the experience. And until you experience that, 
it was the craziest thing. And then you kept trying to bring me back and you sounded like you were so far away. It sounded like you were speaking in tongue and I didn't understand what was going on and I didn't want to come back because it was so amazing where I was at. And then your voice kept getting louder and louder. And then you started speaking English. I started understanding you and I'm like, okay, I'll come back. And as soon as I woke up, you were over me and your eyes were so wide and you're like, you left your body, you left your body. And I was like, what the hell happened? And you had to explain it to me. Yeah. And the visitors that you said that took me to that transition were, you know, Archangel Michael and I'm not a religious person. And during our sessions, we had, I have several um, religious figures show up and I haven't shared this, but with one person. And during our last session, um, as you were bringing me back, I, Jesus was right in front of me and he just, he came down and he just right in front of me, his arms were wide open as you know, and I was telling a friend and she goes, man, you are getting some heavy downloads. And I go, I know my other friend gets Buddha and all these other people show up in her sessions. And I'm like, wait, why isn't Buddha showing up in my session? You know, (laughs) but it's just the, these experiences are so profound and it's not just the session. It's what happens after, right. And the downloads that I'm still receiving and it, yeah, it's, it's amazing when you open up what Mm -hmm. comes to you, the people that show up, it it just, it falls in place and you trust, you trust the um, so you trust that your path and your journey is meant, yeah. like you said, I was meant to live those 10 years. I was meant to feel that pain. I believe that I was meant to feel this brain inflammation for the past 12 years that, like you said, now I know that I'm not healed from it yet, but I yeah. don't let it consume me and that my words are so powerful. And, you know, and with your help and your guidance, you've taught me that how to release that within minutes, you know, so mm-hmm. I can live. And I can speak and I can have a, a, a sentence and yeah. your yeah. The stories that you have are many. And if you don't mind sharing some of the most profound stories with us. Yeah. You know, I, and I've had some amazing profound experiences from with so many clients and it's a weekly and a daily, um, I can truly say that, um, there, the experiences that I've had with so many beings on the planet so far have been so vast and so different on so many levels. And, and it's hard to even conceptualize some of the things that happen when I'm working with people. Sometimes people are in a meditative altered state. They're clearing physical pain. Sometimes people are connecting to angels and loved ones and guides. Um, when you talked about you connecting with the Christ consciousness and Jesus is coming down with you, that's because we all resonate with different light beings and different people who have walked the earth before us and are also light beings. Jesus was someone who walked the earth just the same as you and I. And 
that's also some, uh, he's, Jesus is also a light being that you resonate with. Um, even if you're not a religious person, that's okay. I have people that say, Denise, I'm, I'm from India and I'm Hindi. Can you work on me? Yes. I'm, I'm from, you know, uh, Europe and I, you know, or I speak Spanish. I, you know, don't speak English. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever you're born on the planet, whatever you've been taught or told, there's no right or wrong to it. If you believe in Christianity, that's a beautiful thing. If you believe in Buddhism, that's a beautiful thing because that's what you've been taught or told and that's what you've learned. And it, it's something that gives you faith, faith in who you are as a spirit, because ultimately we are all spirits and we're all connected to the divine and we are all divine white light beings. And so when we really start to understand that and process that, it is profound. Sometimes I have people who you know, you, you asked to share a beautiful experience. I had a client from Russia who, when I was working with her, she was a little leery about coming because her mother said, you know, you shouldn't do stuff like that. Um, they're Catholic and she didn't believe in energy healers. And she says, that's against our religion. You shouldn't go see someone that does that. And she says, no, mom, um, the person I'm seeing believes in God, believes in angels, and you don't understand. And her mom says, no, 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 you don't understand. And she came to me that day because she just wanted to know, like, should I, you know, some business questions? What do you think I should do business wise? You know, should I build an indoor playland for small children? Should, you know, I have a two, a couple small kids and, and, you know, my response is, well, let's tap into your energy and see what's going on. And every person I work with, I have a completely different experience. As soon as she was on the table and she said, Denise, oh my gosh, she's in tears crying. Uh, hysterically. I don't know if I can do this. She's shaking. And I said, do what? And she says, there's an archangel at the foot of the table. And I said, it's okay. If there's an angel here for you, it's okay. I want you to just be able to just know you're safe and know that whatever's going to happen to you today is for your highest good. And no sooner than I said that, she said, she started bawling and crying. She says, my grandmother is standing to the right of me. What's happening? And she reached her hand out and she was holding her grandmother's hand. And the thing is, is I'll tell people all the time, if you see a a white light being come through for you, it's for your highest good. I don't need to see them. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But I'll only see what's for my highest good. When I'm working with you, it's about your journey. What is it that you need to receive? And for her, she needed to receive healing on, on, on levels of comprehension that far surpassed what she came what her ego mind told herself she was coming for. She wasn't needing necessarily. Yes. She would like some information about should I, what should I do financially or or building an indoor playland? But ultimately her soul was so hurt and so torn by her life experiences and the things that had happened to her that by the end of her session, she was like, I have never in my wildest dreams thought that I would have this experience today. How can I see something in my future happen and in, in, in be shown by angels and my grandmother what's going to happen in my future when it hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and my response to that is everything you are, everything you were, everything you are, everything you will be is all part of one collective consciousness stream. You know, she was able to be shown that a child that she had lost, 
was going to still come through and be part of her lineage. This spirit came to her from the other side and said, I am still going to be part of your lineage. I'm still going to be part of your path. And by the time I come into your family, you will have all the resources, all the money, all the time in the world that you would have never had if I would have come through when I was supposed to come through. She was bawling and crying. And she said, Denise, how can I see my daughter giving birth to the spirit that I was supposed to give birth to in the hospital when my daughter's four right now? And in the, yet the spirit's showing me her in the hospital in her mid-20s with her, her, her husband. And I said, because everything you are, everything you will be is all part of one collective consciousness strength. And if you have a spirit from the spirit realm that is supposed to be part of your lineage and they're supposed to come through and be part of your life, they will. No matter how hard you try and stop that, because it's not up to us. We all have family. We all have, we've all had loved ones who have transitioned back into the ethers, back home, back to the spirit realm. And the thing is, I tell people every day, we are eternal beings. Our spirit is eternal. We will always be in existence. It is our physical body here on earth that is temporary. And so we all know this when you've gone to a funeral and you see your loved one laying there cold and hard, the physical body no longer has breath to it. Our breath is our life force. Okay. Once the breath has left the body, so has the spirit. And it's very simple. It's not complicated. And I know there's so many different understandings about like what happens to us after and a lot of questions about what happens to us after death, you know, and I always tell people, well, death is, is a human uh, idea. We create the, because it does it, we have a death of our physical existence, but who we are as a spirit is eternal. There is no death in our, in, in our eternal existence. Um, It is hard to process that. I didn't understand that. And that wasn't my truth. I didn't understand that fully and completely until I had my awakening. And I started connecting to loved ones in the spirit realm, started connecting like you to Jesus, to Buddha, to Babaji, to all of those who walk before us, to all of the beautiful spirits and enlightening beings that are in the ethers, helping and support us to our grandparents, to our, our great, great grandparents who are already back home. When I started connecting to spirits, my first experience was connecting to my grandpa. I had never heard from anyone. I had never heard a voice from the other side come to me until after I had my awakening. When my grandfather came through, we were up north visiting my grandma and she was crying so profoundly. Denise, it's all my fault. Your grandpa died. He never loved me. And she was saying all these things. And I looked at her and my grandpa comes through and he's like, you need to tell Norma Jean. I never once told her in our entire marriage that I didn't love her. And besides that, my human body failed me. She had nothing to do with my death. I had never heard from a spirit from the other side. I was like, what the heck? I looked at my grandma and I said, well, grandpa's here. And this is what he wants to say to you. And she just cried and cried and cried. She said, Denise, you're absolutely right. And I said, about what? She says, about everything. And I said, what do you mean? She says, your grandpa never told me that he didn't love me. Not once. And you're right. His human body did fail him. And I said, Grandma, then why are you saying these things that are so hurtful and so painful about yourself that aren't true? You're saying that he never loved you, but yet he never once told you that he didn't love you. And the thing is, is that was part of her healing journey. She sat and cried and processed that 
and came to the realization. And she said, you know, it's because I don't feel lovable. And there's so many of us that have this feeling inside of us where we feel alone in the world. We don't feel loved. We have a hard time connecting to other beings. Sometimes we're hurt by another being and we tell ourselves, I'm never going to be hurt by another person. I'm never going to allow myself to be hurt this way again. And then it's hard. We create this wall and this barrier in our heart. And all of a sudden, it is hard to uh, not only to love someone, but to allow yourself to even be loved. And so, yeah, there, there's so much to learn. And for, for me, I, I have just countless, amazing, amazing experiences with so many different light beings and on, on a daily basis. I know that I'm blessed. I feel truly blessed to be able to be doing what I'm doing and to be helping people on their healing journeys in life. And it's not just your healing journey, on your journey in general, because we all get lost in life. You can be completely happy and content one day. Everything's wonderful. You've just had a brand new baby. You're, you're newly a newlywed. And you can be at your highest level of, of frequency that you've ever felt so much love, joy, and gratitude. And within moments, you can be brought down to the lowest levels of frequency when you get that call that your mother has just passed or your your child has just been in an accident and you go from this amazing frequency of unconditional love and joy and life couldn't be more grand to all of a sudden you're in the darkest night in the darkest hour and you don't even want to be here anymore so for me when i'm working with people I get to experience all of these spectrums of frequency and energy because sometimes I do get that call and it's that person in despair that says, I can't do life one more day. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's other times where I'm like getting that, you know, amazing experience where this person's like, I just need to be brought to that higher level of consciousness within myself so that I can help others too, so that mm -hmm. I can heal others too. So I'm working every day with people on so many levels, whether it's physical pain, mental anguish, emotional, we all have the ability to clear it and move through it. But sometimes it doesn't feel like we can. Sometimes life feels so heavy and so dense. It's, it's, it's tough. Well, and yeah, we all get stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's, I think another important thing to tell the listeners is, you know, you've shared with me because I'm like, God, how do you, you've left here 11 o'clock. I think even when Christian, I think you left midnight. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. are you just not exhausted? And we always feel so bad that we keep you so late. And you're like, no, I mean, yes. it's your energy that fuels me. So if you could share that. Yeah. So when I'm working with people and I'll tell healers this all the time, I work with healers every, every week. I have healers contact me and say, Denise, what's going on? Like, I feel so drained. I can't function after I'm helping someone. And I always say, like, if you are a healer, please don't give away your own life force. There's enough life force on the planet and all around us and, and other white light beings that are in the ethers that want to help and assist on people's healing journey. You do not need to deplete yourself of your own vitality or your own energy. When I'm working with a, with a being and I have so much frequency and so much energy coming through me from the ethers, from God, from the divine, from the angels, from, you know, from everyone who wants to help each individual person. We all have people that come through and want to help during healing. And the thing is, is when we tap into that frequency and that energy to bring, and it's you that's guiding me, you as you as the client, you as the person who's saying, 
I'm ready to be healed. I'm ready to receive my own healing. When you step into your own power of healing yourself and bringing that energy through and saying like, I'm ready for this. I surrender to this. I'm okay with this. And then all of a sudden, I have so much energy merging through me. I can go from client to client to client. And literally, I, I really try not to put a time frame on my clients because it's hard. I can get so consumed. I, I So many times I'll tell my clients, Please let me know if you have any time restraints after I'm working with you, because if if we need to stick to an hour, we'll stick to an hour. But sometimes it far surpasses that because when we are in a true meditative altered state, there is no time and space. And when we are here having the human experience, we have a time construct. And so many times, whether I'm doing a sound bath for a group, an energy healing, uh, group healing or a private healing, people will say, Denise. I felt like I just got here. How is it an hour and a half later and, or three hours later? I know. And, I was going to say three. Yeah. Yes. 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 And, 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 and I'll say because there is no time and space in the ethers. When you go into that true meditative altered state, there is no time and space. Um, and I didn't understand that until I started meditating. And I would literally, when I started meditating, I would, it would be midnight and I would just getting into this deep chant, deep, deep etheric space. And before I knew it, it would feel like just moments, seconds had passed. And I would be getting up and looking at the clock and before I am. And I'm oh like, how is it that four hours surpassed when it felt like two seconds? Yeah. And, 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 and like extreme chanting, extreme connection to the ethers. And, and, and yet it would happen over and over and over. And I'm like, wow, like, is there really no time and space? Is this all our human construct? And the answer to that is yes, because it's, we are all part of one collective consciousness. And it's so hard for the human mind to even conceptualize that whole idea of that until you start to go into a true meditative state. And you and people say, Denise, where did the hour and a half go? Where did the three hours go? Where did I go? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that was one thing when I had, when I had that experience is I asked you, I said, it, you were not speaking English and you said that's because, right. I don't remember word for word, but you said that's because there is no language, right? It's all frequency. Correct. Correct. So it's us that creates language here on earth. So if you're born in Mexico, you learn Spanish, you're born in the U S you learn English, you know, um, all across the country in the world, you're going to learn whatever those who walk before you have learned. So whether that means to uh, brush your hair in the morning, uh, have good hygiene, brush your teeth. Some people in the world don't brush their teeth because they've never been taught or told how to, and they toothbrushes don't exist. If if you uh, are, are are born and raised in Mexico and everyone is only speaking Spanish, there's no way that we can expect you to be speaking French or English um, in on earth because this is our earthly experience. Mm-hmm. Now, when you step out into the etheric space, when I'm channeling frequency and energy and I have a light beam come through, I feel their frequency. I'm like, oh my gosh, Michael's here because right. I feel his frequency. I'm like, you know, uh, it, but for me, it's like, it's wonderful because we're frequency and we're energy. When I'm working with you, you have your own energy imprint that is so unique to you that when you step back into the ethers, every etheric being will know you by your frequency, not by your physical body, because your physical body stays here. Mm -hmm. And so you have your own energy imprint 
that is unique to you, just the same as your thumb imprint or your eye imprint. You know how they do eye scans yeah. now? You know, they've been doing finger scans for years. No one else on the planet has your fingerprint, just the same as no one else has your energy. Right. And I think that's what's important for the listeners to realize that are new to this uh, conversation is, you know, when I had that experience, my spirit stepped outside of my body. And that is why I could not understand what she was saying, because Mm -hmm. until she brought me back into my body, that I was able to understand English Mm -hmm. again. Because it mm-hmm. literally was, I and I, I knew that it was you. Mm-hmm. I knew where we were because I remember thinking, "Why does it sound like she's in a tunnel?" And then I remember, you know, it's like she's not even speaking English; she's chanting in tongue over me. So I just thought it was part of the session, you know. Yeah. And then the closer and closer I became, and then I was brought back into my body, English, and I'm like, "Yeah, that was the." most craziest. It was, it it was, it was amazing. Yes. Words cannot describe it until you experience it. Absolutely. And it's beautiful that you say that because every day I have people that will tell me different experiences like that. We just did a sound bath and there was a gentleman that when I started channeling him frequency and energy to open his energy channels after the sound bath, he was crying so profoundly. And he said, you know what? He says, I have to share with you what happened to me. He said, He said, I was laying there on the floor and all of these ancient Native Americans came around me and they started removing my pain, healing my body. And he goes, I I came in so much pain. And he goes, and they just started clearing it for me. And he said, when I opened my eyes, all of these Native Americans were standing around me and there stood you as well. Mm -hmm. And he said, how is it possible that you can be in this room in Scottsdale as Denise, but yet there you are with the natives and you are still Denise and you are there with them too. And I explained to him, I said, it's because I'm here and they're both. I am here in this reality, in this space. And I'm also in that interdimensional space. And I said, those beautiful light beings that came through for you, the natives are part of your lineage. And he's like, oh my gosh, I've been telling my wife our whole marriage that I think that I have Native American lineage. He said, even though I'm from another country and he's like, we've been, we moved to the States and he said, we moved to LA and we lived there for years. And he's like, but I kept telling my wife, I want to go to Arizona. I want to go home. And she goes, but we've never lived in Arizona. Why do you keep saying that? And he says, because it just feels like home to me. And I said, well, that's because you've been here before. And I said, those beautiful natives that came to you to help you to heal today, they're part of your lineage. And so am I. And he was just beside himself. And he said, I know. He said, I would have never known that until today, but now I know. And the thing is, is, yeah, it is profound because I knew as soon as I tapped into his energy field, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're lineage. And this is a man that grew up on the other side of the world. And and he's like, he knew too. I knew, he knew. But it was one of those things, it's like, you know, you don't know that until you really connect to who you are as a spirit. All of a sudden, he's like, I haven't felt this good in my entire life. He said, I got up off the floor. He goes, I could hardly get down onto the floor. He's like, George had to get me soft cushions to lay on. And I even thought, there's no way I'm going to be able to lay here for an hour and a half. This is just so uncomfortable. And he said, I had so much pain leave my body. And he said, I feel amazing now. It's gone. And I said, that's beautiful. I said, but 
remember at the beginning when I said, set your intention, what is it that you need to receive? And he said, yeah. I said, what was your intention? And he said, oh, his and my intention was to let go of all this pain. And he goes, he goes, thank you for saying that. And I said, I said, you know, our intentions are powerful and we don't realize how powerful white light beings we are until we move through that headspace. And when you really allow yourself to surrender to your own healing, it happens and it occurs. Well, I think it's also important to touch that, you know, our last session, you asked what my intention was and I went into it saying, I trust that my spirit is going to guide you to that. And it always does. And I, um, I was holding a, it's so funny. I didn't share this with you either, but, um, I had been holding so much pain in my spine and my neck and my shoulders because bumped up the workout routine. So I just chalked it up to gym and I didn't even share that with you. And I just said, let's just go with it, see what happens. And that's all the work you did. And Mm -hmm. when I came out, you said, um, you were holding so much stress and emotions in your spine and you, 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 spirit guided you to what I needed. And that's what Mm -hmm. is so impressive is, you know, with meditation and with the work you do. And I think this is what's so important. I've shared with you is everyone thinks that there has to be a perfect intention set or we have to meditate in a proper position. We have to be sitting upright and no, our body knows what it needs, what feels good. Right. And like, you know, so well, our spirit knows what we need to heal. And yeah. you're just such a good, again, a constant reminder that it's real because I didn't tell you I was having back pain and I didn't tell you all of that. And I woke up the next day And all of that pain was gone and all of, cause it was like you said, we're going through a lot. We are planning a wedding. Our daughter's getting married. We have a lot going on. And I came to the session saying, I'm fine. I feel great. But you're like, no, you're not. You're storing so much emotion in there. Oh yeah. I could feel it in your shoulders. I could feel it in your spine. Uh, A lot of times people will like just try to skirt it. I'm great. You know, focus on whatever yeah. you want. And and I'm okay with that because as soon as I tap into who you are and connect to your higher self, it's your higher self that guides me through to help you heal. So you can be as, as, as shy or secretive as yeah. you want. And that's okay. But I do like for people, like if you are dealing with heart issues, it's okay to talk about it. If you are dealing with, you know, problems getting pregnant, it's okay to discuss it and release it so that you can bear yeah. a child. And so, um, you know, and I know for you, I'm sure it was just a matter of um, being overwhelmed and over exhausted and just saying, I, I, I'm good, I'm golden. Right. And like, not really processing like, yeah, I do have a lot of tension in my spine and in my shoulders. And I kind of do have the weight of the world on me right now, but I'm moving through it because that's what yeah. we do. We, we move through life. Yeah. And it's even that very first session with the inflammation on the brain, you <clears throat> shared with me something that I've been told for years through other healers that I carry a heart wall from generations. It started with my father's dad is where a a healer previous had shared with me is, um, you know, that, that we also get genetic or uh, lineage energy is carried through generational, right? And we also, we bring in this when we're born and you immediately said you have a heart wall and the heart wall 
that you have accumulated not only through my lineage, but also through boyfriends cheating and all of these life happening that I built up this heart wall and I wasn't allowing my husband to love me. And I wasn't, you know, you, you were naming it. You're like your children, your husband, all of this. And this is what's causing that inflammation is this heart wall that you're walking through life, trying to be the stoic woman. And, you know, and, you know, I, I had a friend say, don't you feel like a hypocrite? You know, you coach people on releasing and doing this. And I'm like, no, I'm human. Yeah. You know, that's, and that's why I have Denise say, hey, yeah. snap out of it. You have got yeah. to heal well, yourself because well, I was sick. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't realize we all store energy in our own way, you know, and, you know, it's okay to store energy. You know, a lot of people do create that wall of protection around their heart when they've been hurt because it's hard to be hurt. It's difficult to be, especially when, if it's love, you know, when Mm -hmm. you, you can only, I say this every day, you can only be as hurt by someone as much as you love them because the deeper you love, the deeper you can hurt. Right. And so, um, we we do carry lineage patterns. Some people store energy in their GI and in their gut because their parents did it. And that's how they watched them process the energy. Some people shove it into the head and they get migraines. They get tension headaches. Some people lock their jaws and they get, you know, TMJ and trigeminal neuralgia issues. Um, you know, we all store energy differently. And I didn't even understand that till I started working on people and I would start clearing energy in people's guts. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I I was throwing up every day and now I'm not throwing up at all. And I'm like, well, that's because you were storing everything in your gut and you've been doing it since a child. And they're like, well, yeah. And, and sometimes we don't even recognize that we're doing it. We're just doing it. And, And because, because it's a lineage pattern, you know, we always say, like people say, like you, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And we say, no, no, I'm nothing like my mother. I'm nothing like my father. And we try not to be in some ways, but there, we did, we were raised by them. So there are characteristic traits and lineage patterns that are hard to break because we learn from those around us. Just the same mm-hmm. as if you have a child in school and they have a best friend that cusses all the time. I remember when I was in high school, I never cussed. My dad, you know, was a pastor, deputy sheriff from Mojave County. I never heard cuss words, never watched TV. And then, you know, moved to Williams and all my friends cussed. And I came home with a potty mouth and my mom was like, oh my gosh, where did you learn to talk like that? And I was like, what do you mean? F this, F that, you know? And she's like, where did you learn those words? And, but the thing is, is like, we, we learn from our environment, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it's smoking, drinking cussing, um, it, you know, sexual stuff, we learn from our environment. So I didn't even realize I had picked up cuss words, because I was just picking up the way my friends talked. And and not you realizing. Like it's like, oh, that's a fun word. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, it's all new. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it was like, what is that? You know, you need to rinse your mouth out with soap. That's a potty word. And I'm like, potty word, all my friends are saying it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, but that, that just goes to show like how uh, we absorb not only other people's characteristic traits without realizing it, but also we absorb other people's energy sometimes without realizing it. So you can have a girlfriend that's really sad or depressed and you can pick up her energy like that and not even realize it's 
her energy and you need to let it go once you leave and go home, your husband might say, what is going on with you? You've been a hot mess all night crying and, and you're like, oh, you know, my, you know, so-and-so just, you know, this and this happened to her and not even realizing that you're still holding on to her, her and her energy, like it's your own. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, it's, um, a couple of things that just came to mind is, uh, our niece had surgery, a great niece, a couple of months ago, and traumatic for her. Um, this little mm -hmm. bless her little soul. It was it was not a good experience in the hospital. And I shared with the mom. I said, "Hey, you know, get her in to see Denise because what you think, you know, okay, well she's fine now. She's you know, but that stored emotion could show up in thirty years, right?" Yeah. I said. It was so traumatic for her. I think, you know, I I, I'm, I don't want to give details, but yeah. you know, that, that experience, I said, she she's suffering from PTSD and she may not be showing it now, but that emotion, maybe not. I mean, maybe you could correct me, but it, it, it if it stays locked in the system, that is when it festers and that's when it rears its head later as God knows what, right? Drug addiction, Absolutely. alcohol, but we, we go through these traumas through life. We push them in. We, we just go about our life and say, oh, I'm fine. Like with my stories, you know, um, the, the cheating and stuff was so traumatic at such a vulnerable age, but I said, I'm not going to be cheated on again. Or if I do screw it, who cares? You know, so I, I'm not going to let you love me that much because you can't hurt me. And, you know, you have worked with me on friendships that, you know, were part of that and how strong that friendship has now become to where, you know, this friend and I, like you just said, our energy is so strong that we pass each other in the city and we immediately sense each other's presence and look over and there she is, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's just so strong and how when you tune in how like you said we are all so connected and if we just sit back and listen they're always there guiding us yeah. right and then everybody has a story and it has a reason we just have to listen and i think with drugs and alcohol and depression is you are really putting your thumb on the main issue right? Yeah. There's, there's an underlying problem that you're not dealing with and you're masking the problem. Like you said, the gabapentin yeah. and all of that, it, it, it helped the pain, but it didn't. Yeah. Drive. It masked. Yeah. It masked the underlying issue. And yes. the underlying issue was the trauma in my physical body. I wasn't clearing it. I wasn't healing it. I was just dealing with it and it was still there and I was hiding it with the medications, but it was still there. Yes. And that's, mm -hmm. you know, so many, and you just hear it so much, you know, suicide is so high right now and, um, drug addiction <laughs> and depression, and we're all just walking zombies and yeah. if we can all just connect. And, you know, I did a kindness meditation and that's it. If you can just sit on a park bench and walk passer, watch passerbys and just throw love bombs at them and send them good, kind energy. God, our yeah. world would be amazing because they receive it. 
That's what's crazy. You can send positive light energy to a complete stranger and they will receive it. Absolutely. And we are powerful. We are powerful beings in so many ways. And I tell people this all the time, whether it's smiling at a stranger going by and it changes them and and they they feel loved for, for just that moment in time. I mean, I really try and move through my day in that way. And, and spirit guides me every day to, 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 to make an impact in one way, shape or form. And I mean, I feel blessed. I, you know, I have people in my life that say, Denise, how do you have so many encounters with so many people that are just really just like, they, 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 they touch my soul. And I said, because I'm divinely guided into everyone's path every day, no matter where I go. I mean, I was at Albertson's last week and I'm standing in line and the lady in front of me, she's everyone's getting frustrated because she's got all these coupons and she's like, you're sure you got that one. You're sure you got that one. You're sure you got that one. And people were getting out of the line because they were tired of it. And and I said, it's okay. And I, mm-hmm. and I was next in line and she finally got through and the cashier said, okay, that's going to be $36 and such and such cents. And, and, and she put her card in and it's declined. And she says, I know I have at least $40 in my account. And she goes, I, she goes, I made for sure of it before I left. And she was just next to tears. And she says, well, we can put your stuff aside and you can come back with money if you want to. And, and, and I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said, you know, I said, let me get your groceries today. And she just, she was bawling. She, she just hugged me and she said, you're an angel brought from heaven. But I know in my heart of hearts, I'm brought into those situations every single day of my life to be that blessing for someone who needs it. When, yeah. when, when they're thinking, I, I, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out how to put food on the table for my family. And I'm going to try and price match everything. And I'm going to try and, you know, and it wasn't a matter of her trying to be stingy or, 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 or make people stand in a 20 minute line behind her. She was trying to make things work and trying to figure out life when life is really hard on her. Right. And so I always see that because I can feel people's energy and I can feel what's going on. And I feel blessed because I know that source puts me in everyone's path every day for a reason. There's not one person that we connect with on a daily basis that we're not supposed to be part of their path, even if it ends up that you're like, why did that happen to me? And sometimes we don't know, but every situation, we're either the teacher or the student in that situation. Correct. And, And there's so much to learn. Whether you feel it's negative in that moment, there's something to learn from it. And yes. if you can be that that beacon of light in someone's life, like you said, sharing unconditional love and sharing happiness and joy and contentment and 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 all those things, that's that's you're you're making a change in the world just by being you if you can do that. Good and or bad. And that's the gift, is if everything has a gift. And I love how you said we're either the teacher or the student because if we would just open our eyes and listen and watch and observe, right? That you could easily have gotten out of that cashier's line because you had appointments or whatever, but you stayed and you were there to give her that gift. And when you give the gifts, the universe will pay you back, right? You're going to get that $40 back tenfold. Tenfold. And and, and that's how I always see it. It's, it's never a matter of like giving, giving away. I'll have people say, Denise, why are you so giving to complete strangers? And I said, cause we're not complete strangers. We are no. all one. We, we are, are all one. one. We and are so all living yeah. this life together. And, 
everybody is born with the same desire and that is to be seen and to be loved. And that if you can just show compassion and kindness, and we had an experience last night and we were in a restaurant and we were having a really good time. And it's a restaurant that we frequent often. I mean, several times a week. And, we got, <laughs> and I don't know if we're welcome back. And um, oh no, the, there was a lesson. There was a gift. And yeah. the gift was to one of my dear friends that the reaction of the way it was handled right? Was I was there to help her see the gift. I don't, I still don't know if she woke up this morning realizing the gift. I need to talk to her, but we were loud and the owner said, Hey, you guys are being disruptive. You need to leave. And we, I, I, I wasn't the one that handled the situation, but the friend that did handle the situation said some things. And, and so when I got her outside, I said, Hey, the way that should have been handled is ego took over. And the way that that could have been handled better is you're absolutely right. We haven't seen each other in so long. We were disruptive. We're out of here. Right. But a confrontation started. Um, words were exchanged. Other patrons got involved. It was bad. It was bad. Wow. And she was so upset. And that is exactly what I told her last night is this is a gift to you, how you reacted to that situation when you were able to see how you reacted was not attractive and that this was a gift of self-realization of how I could have handled it better because I told her, I said, you know, we owned restaurants, hotels, and we in customer service, man. When I was her age, I would have been the same way. I was hot. I was fired up. You know, words came out of my mouth. And that's what I told her. I look back at myself back then going, oh, my God, the way I spoke to people, you know, or the things. And But we're all learning. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, because I told her, I go, that exchange, you can't tell me felt good. I know your stomach hurts. Your heart hurts. You walked out of there fired up, but when you have enough time to breathe, you're going to be like, oh my God, this is gross. I feel bad. And yeah, we are yeah. all teachers and we are all students. And we, and that's what I said. We were, even when we sat down at dinner, I said, there is a reason why all six of us are sitting at this table tonight, right? We are yeah. all learning or we are all teaching and it's intertwining. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's a gift. Absolutely. Right? It a gift. Absolutely. And when, when you can take a, take a step back and realize like, I can look at this from a place of non-judgment and really yes. see it as a learning experience. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, we are always like learning and we're always expanding and growing. That's why we're here. We're here to be able to taste, to touch, to embrace, to love, to feel the, the spectrum of emotions. We are here to have the human experience. That's why we're given senses in our physical body so that we can see, so that we can hear, so that we can taste, so that we can hold our intimate partner and love them and feel their embrace. Um, we That's why we're here having the human experience so that we can slow down, step into a human form and, and really start to absorb a, a completely different reality than 
just being an etheric being. Yeah. And I know, you know, you and I have both talked about the different spirits out there. And I know a question came in on what do you see? Do you see, like when you're doing a session, I know you said you see light energy or you feel their energy. And then Uh some people see like Michelle, the medium that we use. I mean, she, you know, she sees light, I think as well, but do you see people or do you just feel the energy or do you see lights? What do you see? Is it different for your clients from what you see personally? Yes. So it's different for every single person. And I always tell people, I see and feel what I need to see and feel for their highest good for their healing journey, because I will have completely different experiences with every client, you know? Um, And so um, Michelle feels a lot of energy that comes through and therefore she translates it into the feelings into uh, like a visual and and, and, and in a hearing, but it's more of a feeling for me. It's always different, but with a lot of light beings that come through, I can hear them as clear as I hear you. And so if I have a light being a spirit who used to be here on earth, that's on the other side, like my grandpa coming through very clearly with message from my grandma. Um, it's different because I'm actually hearing them um, just the same as I would hear you. Um, and when I have clients that are on my table and they say, Denise, I can visually see my grandmother's here. There's an archangel here. They do. They do see them. A lot of times I don't. And I tell people it's not important for me to see them because if I saw every light being that came through while I was working on people, my distortion of my reality here on earth would be just too altered. And, and, but I can feel them. I I could smell her grandmother. I could feel her grandmother. And I'm like, what, for whatever reason you see her right now, but I don't, for whatever reason you see this 17 foot archangel at the base of the table. I don't, she was describing everything to a T. I knew it was her reality. I knew it was really happening for her, but there's, there's parts of that healing that are not as important for me. Like I will have clients who say, for instance, I had a client uh, that came and her mother came through and her mother was sharing such beautiful information with me to relate to her daughter. After I brought her daughter back from a meditative state, her daughter said, I could hear the entire conversation that you and my mom had. Now she could hear everything we discussed, everything we talked about. She could, and, and she was just crying. And she says, why have I never been able to hear my mother? Why can't I hear her other than through you? And I said, because it's not through me. When I was working with you, I connect to who you are as a spirit. I connect to your higher self and you are connected to your mother. Your mother came through for you. It's not for me because I'm not going to sit and talk to her mother on a daily. That's for her in that moment. It's not for Denise. Um, and so I always share that with people. I will have some spirits sometimes when I'm, I mean, I've had clients on the table, but a client that she was just bawling and afterwards. And she said, Denise, I'm so sorry. She says, I didn't know your father was on the other side. And I said, what do you mean? I said, there's nothing to be sorry about. She says, well, I was so scared. She said, when I got on the table, I didn't know what energy healing was. And I was told I should come see you. And I was really nervous. And she said, within seconds of you having me on your table, I was in an altered state. I was, I was up in the ethers. And there stood your father and he said, everything's okay with my daughter and you'll be safe. You're Mm -hmm. going to heal now. And she's like, what? And she's like, I didn't even know I had left my body until I realized I was connecting to your dad who was in heaven on the other side. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm not even on the table anymore. Where am I? 
You know, right. and she was like, but the thing was, is that was an experience she needed to have for her. Beautiful that my father came through during the session that for her to relay that to me was just affirmation to me that my dad's there helping and assisting me on my journey. But beyond that, it was something she needed to experience because she was in such a deep level of fear. When she got on the table, she didn't know what was going to happen. And that's why mm-hmm. I always tell people, it's okay, you're safe. Don't right. fear whatever's meant to happen to you. If you are not ready to connect to a loved one, an angel, a guide, you won't. It, yeah. And it's not because, you know, uh, there's, a, there's a barrier. The barrier is you're not ready. And that's okay because we don't have to connect to Christ consciousness or Buddha or anything to have a healing. Um, it, it, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of, Denise, I have a hole in my heart and the doctors say I'm going to need surgery on it because it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I say, okay, let's see what we can do. You know, and after a healing session, all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, the doctors are saying the hole's so small. I don't need the surgery anymore. Wonderful. Right. I, that's beautiful blessing from God and your angels and everyone. But yet he was just in a deep meditative altered state the whole time on the table, came back an hour and a half later, knew nothing of what happened other than he was in a deep meditative healing state. Right. And so, you know, that happens many times when, you know, we have different situations that will happen and occur. And it's like, you know, oh, things are better for me. But we don't realize that, you know, of course, because we have the ability to heal ourselves. And so um, that goes beyond words. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, you know, one thing I've definitely learned um, working with you is I, when I hear about spirits, I always think transitioned people that have transitioned or, you know, and that is not the case. We can most certainly yeah. um, have visitors that are very yeah. much alive uh, to our <laughs> sessions and that, you know, you shared with the 19 month old uh, little girl that, um, can't see that you're working on and, um, that she came and visited you in a session and yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's beautiful. And, and I love that you share that because, you know, she came back through and I was working on another client. She's still alive. She's still embodied, but she was very much present. And I will have those situations, but even when I'm working on clients, this, I mean, this baby was not even related to my other client from Canada, but I've had similar situations where I have a client on the table and, and all of a sudden all these light beings are coming through for her. And I'm like, wait, I'm Mm -hmm. like, some of you are still in it embodied. And I, I, for me, it's really easy because the ego self is very much attached to the human, human body. So when a white, you know, one of her friends that had transitioned and he had committed suicide came through, he's like, hi, my name's Jake. I really need to talk to you. Like, this is my best friend. And, you know, she could have done nothing to help me. This was a decision I was going to make, whether she said, you know, there was nothing she could do. This is, Mm -hmm. this was my choice. And, and we had this long conversation and there was this other spirit that kept coming through and he's like, well, I have something to say, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wait, you're still embodied. Why are you here? You know, and sure enough, I'm like, and he kept saying, he kept interrupting and saying, my name's Mark, you know, get it, check Mark, check Mark. Will you remember me, Mark? 
like a check mark. And I'm like, cause I said, I, I need, cause I, I said, I asked the spirit, please give me a moment to work with Jake because he has some information he'd like to relay. And, and when I'm done, I'll, I'll, I'll communicate with you. And he was so into his ego self. I'm like, Oh my goodness, you're still in body. Why are you here? Well, sure enough, he's tethered energetically to her. He's still trying to be with her. And, and when I brought her back, she goes, Oh my God, that's my ex. He's still trying to get with me. Mm-hmm. He's still, and I'm like, well, just so you know, he's very tethered to you still <laughs> energetically. And she goes, so how do you, how do you sense that they're still embodied? How did you I sense feel that? it? I okay. could feel it. So like for, for, and, and people are very clear, you know, like if someone's on the other side, like her friend on the other side who had committed suicide, he told me he had committed suicide and they were BFFs and they, like he, she meant the world to him. He meant the world to her, but there was nothing she could have said or done to keep him from doing what he chose to do. And, and he was, he, he just was ready to check out, did not want to be here on earth anymore. And she could, she could have done anything or said anything. And it wouldn't have made one bit of difference because he had made up his mind. And, mm-hmm. and so, which is funny because he was very fun, spunky coming through, very playful. And I laughed and she goes, that that's Jake. She goes, I named our pet, uh, our, our, our pet dog, um, uh, you know, uh, in the house after him because the dog acts just like him, very oh. playful, very fun, very spunky. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's a Jake. And so she's like, our pet now is named after my best friend who took his life. Wow. And, and I said, that's beautiful because he came through very clearly like, Hey, just so you know, like, I don't want you to keep thinking that there was something you could have done or something that I could, you could have said, or something right. you, you could have spent more time with me or any of that, because none of that would have made a single difference in the decision I had already chose to make. Because um, mm-hmm. wow. sometimes we blame ourselves. We blame ourselves for, you know, things that are out of our control. And, and I mean, I, I've had that happen with clients who their spouses who have committed suicide come through and they're like, Hey, I told my spouse, this is what I was doing. This is, you know, um, they, whether they chose to believe me or not, I told them over and over that this was something I was going to do. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, he did say this. Oh my God, he did tell me, but I didn't listen or I did listen, but I didn't believe him. And the thing is, is it's okay. It's okay to let go of that, that blame and that hurt because that person had made that choice regardless of what you were going to tell them, regardless of anything you could have done, you could have said, let's go on vacation, let's go do this. But that decision that they make is their decision to make. You know, suicide is so, so tough. Um, You know, the last couple of weeks, we had someone close, uh, a, a dear, a close family, they lost someone to suicide. And, you know, uh, this friend was saying, I, I just don't understand why I don't understand why. And I said, you know what, it's not up to you to understand why. Correct. You know, that was their journey. And this is what that choice was. And it's, it's not up to us to understand. Correct. And, um, you know, for so many years, I heard, oh, it's a coward that takes their life. And I'm like, you know what, it's a brave soul to take your own life and to be able to step out and release yourself from the body pain. Right. And Uh um, yeah, so, but it does go lead me to the spirits, right? You and I have talked again, spirit guided you to share a story with me in one of our sessions that the next day I had an immediate family member um, being choked out by a spirit and that, that, 
told you and I, you know, you said the reason I shared that story with you is because you would not have believed him had you not heard my stories. And that brings me to dark, demonic spirits versus ones that are stuck in transition. And just yesterday, you shared a walk-in spirit story with me that blew my mind. So if you don't mind sharing with us the differences in dark demonic versus, we'll start there, versus the ones that are just stuck and can't transition to the light. Yeah. So like a spirit that's stuck in, you know, somebody who passes suddenly, like they've been murdered, something happens and and they, they feel a little stuck and they don't really, even though they might be um, inclined and it might have loved ones trying to guide them into the light because of the way they were pulled out of their body and their physical existence can be disturbing to a spirit at times. And sometimes people do get stuck. And I didn't understand that until I started working with stuck spirits and I started having those experiences. Um, and, and I can tell a huge difference. Um, you know, a spirit that is not of the white light, that is a negative spirit, a dark spirit, um, they they show themselves in a completely different way than just a, a human that is stuck. A human that is negatively stuck for whatever reason, because think about how angry you would be if you were just going about your day and all of a sudden you're pulled or ripped from your vessel by a car accident, by somebody shooting you, and you got little babies at home, you got a husband, and, and you're pulled out of your reality. So sometimes these spirits get stuck and they don't know, they don't even want to go into the light. And so for me, I, I mean, when I first started guiding unembodied spirits into the light and walking with them and talking with them and helping them move through that, I was just, I started asking other healers on the planet, like, are you guys doing this too? Because like, God is bringing me all these spirits that are stuck on the land and I don't know why. And they're like, oh, because you've been chosen. And I'm like, what? And I met Master Shuni Lin. He owns Spring Forest Qigong in Minnesota, and he's from China. And he said he was meditating in a cave in China when it came to him, there should be a healer in, in every home and a world without pain and suffering. And I was in Minnesota because I wanted to meet him. I'm like, okay, here's another healer came to through Qigong healing and meditation. So I wanted to understand more. And he shared a story with me, and there's many stories I can share. But he said, you know, Denise, I had a client come to me and she's a news broadcaster in Minnesota here and she does nighttime news on TV and she was on her way home late at night from 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 the station and she was in a serious car accident, her fault. And the gentleman who died in the vehicle that she was responsible for, you know, his life ended up merging energetically with her. And he he didn't know this till she came for a healing. And she says, I need your help. And he says, okay. He, she says, I have a spirit that has entered my vessel and is trying to merge with me. And sometimes when I'm doing the news now, he messes me up. He talks through me. He does these things. And she goes, I need help. And he says, well, what do you want me to do about it? He, he Let's make him leave. He doesn't belong in your body. He needs to go back to the, he needs to go into the light. And she says, well, this is where I have a problem. It's my fault he died. And he says, what? And he says, well, it's never really your fault, but 
And she goes, no, you don't understand. And she told him what happened, how she was on her way home from work. And she was responsible for this man's losing his life. He wasn't ready to leave. He didn't know what to do. His little spirit jumped right in her body and he didn't know what to do. And he was really angry and really like resentful because he was not ready to leave that day. And he said, well, the correct action is to guide the spirit to the light so that he can be home. He can be reunited back in back to source. And, and she says, well, we've already had this discussion. She says, I lay and talk to him every night. He's part of me. We're one. And she says, he doesn't want to leave earth. Yes, (laughs) correct. Correct. She says, he doesn't want to leave earth. He wants to stay. And he says, well, do you want him to keep talking through you? Because it sounds like he's going to keep doing it unless you separate your energy, which he d- should not be part of, mm-hmm. with him. And he said this lady sat on his couch in his office talking to the spirit back and forth until they made a decision. And she oh, says, my. okay, we've discussed it. And he wants three more months here on earth. Can I make another appointment with you to come see you in three months to guide him to the light? And he said, okay. And that's what they did. And he said, there's a lot of people on the planet that do not talk about these experiences. They are happening around us every single day. And so many people are never exposed to these type of experiences because they're not ready. And they're also not having the same type of experiences we're having. I feel blessed because every single day I have a spirit on this planet, whether they're embodied or unembodied, that connects with me and says, I need your help. Right. But that's only because I've been asked to do this and called to do this. Not everyone has. And so when I have an unembodied spirit come to me and say, I need you to text my brother word for word, everything I have to say, you're the only person that can help me. My daughter's in a really dark place. Please do this for me. And I'm like, okay. And when I have that person say, how do you know these things about my family? There's no way that you can know this. And I say, well, it's because I'm here with your sister. And they say, that's impossible. She died 25 years ago. My response is, yes, I know. And she's here with me now. Because that's my reality. I never had this reality prior to my awakening. I never connected to spirits who would find me, seek me out, have these things happen. Every single day since my awakening, I am guided to, to, to meet other people on the planet. I, I get to meet the most beautiful beings on the planet and hear the most beautiful stories about us being spirits embodied because that's their truth too. And right. that's the reality that they're being exposed to as well. So now that I get the opportunity to have so many healers come into my life and learn from them and hear their stories and share my stories with them, it's a beautiful journey. And I, all I can say is I'm blessed. Well, and it's, it's interesting that you say that, you know, cause the people that haven't transitioned for whatever reason, you, the stories you've shared with me is they just need that gentle guidance to say, hey, yes, you know, you know, like you shared a story about the, um, the natives that were, that they were on the land and, you know, yeah. you were shown that entire story and the story that they had created wasn't the real story. And until you shared with them that that's not what happened to your women and children, you know, that once they saw the truth, they went to the light and, you know, just so, so many times they just need, they're stuck and they're not bad spirits. They're just, they're just stuck. And, and And the thing is, is sometimes they will torment people 
here and mess with them and play with them. And, you know, I'll hear people say all the time, you know, like, oh my gosh, there's a spirit in my house and it's talking to me and it's doing this. And, and sure. If there's a spirit on the land that was in it, it might not even be somebody who was raised in that house. It could have been before that house was ever built and they were part of that property, part of the land before you ever built on it. And sometimes it is a person who lived in that home. Sometimes it is somebody who died in that home. Other times it's not. I mean, I've, I was working with a client who, you know, her mother spoke uh, mainly Spanish and, and her mother had all these questions for me. And she says, hey, Denise, please, you know, tell me what's going on. She says, I lay here in bed at night and she's in her nineties, like 98 years old. And she says, at night, there's this, there's someone who comes and, and they're, they're, they're going like this to my hair and it's so soft and so gentle. And I don't know who it is because I'm laying here and I feel the spirit caressing my hair. And I said, I said, well, let's ask. And I said, who's in here that's caressing your hair at night? And it was her, it was her daughter, Patricia. And her daughter says, this is my mom. I come through and I caress her. I sit by her bed at night and I just caress her. And I'm just divinely, you know, spending time with her because I know she'll be reuniting with me back home soon. And I'm just, you know, easing her into that headspace. Because a lot of times when people start to go into those transitional states, the, the veil between dimensional spaces lightens and we can feel their touch and we can hear them and we can see them because that veil is is becoming thinner and thinner. So if you know somebody who works in a hospital and hospice or with people who are transitioning, you'll hear them tell you stories all day long about these same type of experiences. Right. And she mm-hmm. said, okay, she says, she said, that's wonderful. I felt like it was my daughter. And she goes, wow, you even know her name? I said, yeah, because she's here. She's right here in the room. You asked you asked me to ask who's here doing this, and, and she's here. So we had an entire conversation with her daughter during that time. At the same time, she says, well, I also want to know there's there's somebody who's tickling my feet at night, and I don't know. Like, I lay in bed, and, and she goes, I know there's somebody tickling my feet. And as soon as she said that, I get this giggle. <laughs> Two little girls. And they're like, they're calling her grandma. I said, is she she your grandma? And they said, no, we call her grandma. But they're just in there playing with her at night, tickling her feet. And I'm like, well, why are you guys, why are you little girls doing this? And they're stuck. They hadn't gone into the light. They died. Their mother died. Their father died. Their brother died. And as soon as, soon as these little girls are sitting there laughing and giggling about tickling grandma's feet in the night. And as soon as she gets in bed, we tickle her feet. And I said, okay, I said, well, why are you not in the light? And as soon as I said that, I could see her mother in the light. I could see their brother in the light. And I could see their father still here. And <clears throat> their father was very, very angry. And he, they said, we're staying here because we're here with our dad. And they were refusing to go into the light. As soon as the dad came through, which he was not a good person, every dog in the house started barking, going crazy. And like, she's like, Oh yeah, he's here. He comes around sometimes and the dogs freak out when he's around. And this, that's not a bad person. He, he, he was not a good person on earth, but it's, he was also not a demonic spirit. So when you're asking about like difference between somebody who died, who either had bad intentions here on earth, because some people are murderers, some people are, you know, pedophiles here on earth, but also we have beautiful people too. And so we have both spectrums of humans. We also have both spectrums of light beings, you know, like we have the archangels and we have fallen angels, angels who chose to go in the opposite direction of light, which is darkness. And so, um, 
same with humans, um, you know, and this is their father. They love their father. And as much as their mother and their, and their brother had been trying to guide them to the light, they wanted to be with dad because that's dad. And dad had said, you girls stay with me. And, and they would, and they had no bad intentions. These are just beautiful little girls who died at a young age and, and father, very angry, very mad. And I mean, it took a while. It took a while to clear them all and bring them all into the light. But by the end, by the end of the day, yes, they were all in the light. And it was more difficult to get him to go into the light because he did not want to go where he was going. And wasn't necessarily a great frequency where he was going versus the girls. The girls were stepping back into the light with mom and brother. And, and because of who he was and what he did here on earth, he was not leaving at a good frequency. I'll put it like that. So you're saying with the girls, they were light beings at a, at a light. So what he was a light being, he was not a dark the dark ones that you see, he was not a dark one. So the dark ones that want to, they're here to do harm. What is the difference in, from what so, he was not so, good? So, so there's a difference between a human that lived here on earth okay. that wanted to torment other humans and be mean to other humans, like a murderer or a killer or something. Like versus, this father. Correct. Okay. Correct. Ver- now these little girls didn't have an ounce of meanness in their little bodies and mm-hmm. and they were pure white light beings they the only sway or altering that they had was the influence of their father keeping them from going into the light okay. and joining and rejoining their mother and their brother in the light okay. with source um you know so there's a big difference between a human that walked the face of the earth versus a fallen angel so you know that you know that that's all I think that might be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I know. You just dropped that one on there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, there, there, there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot around that. And so, yeah. Um, so the but I mean, it was the one that was choking. What, what would that be considered? The one that was trying to do bodily harm. Now that now there can be a spirit now for his situation. That is a dark, uh, a dark, entity um there's a difference now there's a difference between a human who is stuck interdimensionally and in uh trying to harm another human versus a fallen angel or somebody that is in the ether you know people who who people would consider lucifer or the devil or whatever that there's a huge difference between somebody who walked the face of the earth and got stuck interdimensionally versus a dark being okay and so you're calling those a being or entity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, you know, but th- there's a difference, you know, uh, I-, I think the situation you're talking about was one of my clients who son in California was being, you know, um, you know, pulled up mm-hmm. against the wall, several feet off the floor. Right. That was not another human stuck interdimensionally. That was actually a dark spirit, but okay. he was also swayed energetically because he had been on drugs and alcohol and his frequency had fell so deep and so low that he was connecting to dark beings. And, you know, I mean, it happens. So the dark beings, if I'm understanding you, they don't, they have not had the human experience. Correct. Um, Okay. They're they're, they're, they're not human. Correct. They're not human. Okay. Correct. And we shared that 
not all healers. You were very clear in telling me that we have the power to heal ourselves and each other, but not all healers, even as yourself or us, have the power to remove the dark entities. You have to be a worker of God. The light. Yeah. Because the thing is, is like not all of us have the the pure intention or or whatnot uh, on the same level. You know, because I, I know other people who have practiced healing modalities and pranic healing, Reiki healing, Qigong healing for 30, 40 years and don't um don't don't have that uh not not even the wisdom or 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 anything to 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 be doing something like that. And part of it is there's there's a level of a number of healers that won't won't even entertain that 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 area for me it's mm-hmm. not a matter of not entertaining it only time i'm uh, because i work with only white light beings i work with only source only god only archangels so for for me the only time i've ever been pushed into a situation to clear dark entities or whatever is when source asks me so if spirit says you are t- like my trip to sedona when spirit says, you know, hey, you're to clear and heal this this being, you're not to leave till you do so. I didn't know she was being connected or attacked by dark demons and things until she told me. And mm-hmm. for me, um, it's n- nothing I would sign up for. But it's one of those things that if 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 God says this is something you're to do, you know, part of your path and, and you know, it, you're not going to be harmed in any way, but you need to help this being here on earth who's being tormented, then absolutely I'll help that being here on earth. Because you said we have the power to ask them to leave, right? So Correct. they will always return. So the question I have is in this situation, there were other healers in this home. And when one of them left, so too did the dark spirit. So do people have these entities that just follow them around? Well, yeah. So some, this is a thing. Some healers work with white light beings and dark, and they they believe it makes them more powerful. I would absolutely refuse to do something like that because I only walk with source. I only walk with white light beings. Um, So, for whatever reason, uh, you know, just the same as people here on earth may choose to believe in God, or some people are worshiping the devil here on right. earth. Um, so people choose to go in whatever direction of light or dark they choose, and that's their choice. So, um, so yeah, I mean, um, there there can be some healers, and not just healers, but people just like this, you know, lady who was a newscaster. It wasn't that she wanted this gentleman to be part of a a union with her, but she felt responsible for his death and she allowed him to merge energetically and she didn't stop it once it happened. And she did seek out a healer to help remove him and bring him to the light, but she was also okay with him staying longer. And there was a level of her consciousness and, and her, the way she felt about him, her, her responsibility in removing him from the earth realm too prematurely, she felt responsible to, to, to allow him to stay a little longer. So they became connected. She, and so I, yeah, that happened to Frank. He was on, he was in a head on accident and the gentleman from Europe was killed. And, um, 
after him and I got together. So, you know, he was, he was just not sleeping and I'm like, man, something is going on with you. Right. Mm-hmm. It was not good. And, um, he had lived with this for over a year that he just didn't know what was going on after this accident. We went to Sedona, right? Not, not a coincidence show up on the, Oh, let's get our palm red or whatever it was. <laughs> Merlin is there. And he immediately said, you have a spirit has interjected into you yeah, yeah, and you need to release it. And, um, we were just like, Oh my God, this is crazy. You know what, how do we do it? So he sent us to, um, back beyond, which is now a housing development, which I am sure has a lot of hauntings, (laughs) (laughs) but he sent us and he told us exactly what to do. And he said, this is what you will do. You will light this candle and you will turn around and you will walk out and you will not look back because if you look back, you're inviting other spirits to come in. And so we did that. And, um, it was so weird because I can't, I can't remember details, but I was in charge of the lighting of the candle for whatever reason. And I'm trying to light it and it's, it is a windy, windy day. So I'm just like, this, this isn't going to work. This candle is not going to stay lit. All of a sudden (laughs) lit the candle. I looked at Frank and said, get out, just let's go. And from that moment on, he slept and he said it was just like that energy was gone. Correct. But that same thing happened. It was a head on accident and he was living through him. Yeah. Yeah. And and that'll happen, you know, because we are spirits. And so sometimes people don't even realize that they have other people connected to them. Um, energetically and until like it's cleared and once that once it's cleared they're like oh my gosh I feel so much lighter I feel so much better and and because you just don't really know and unless that person is talking through you like obviously like this one gentleman um, making his presence really known um, that then then you don't know right Mm -hmm. well so then let's talk about the walk-in spirits because that happened a story you were telling me that this, this gentleman wasn't able to heal or, uh, yeah. Tell us about come back. Come back. Yeah. I didn't understand really about walk-ins until I started having that experience. And my first experience with that was, um, my nail tech. Um, you know, I, he had done my acrylic nails for 15 years. And when I went to see him, um, Steve, he, um, he wasn't there. And the owner uh, at the salon said, Denise, you know, he's at Thunderbird Hospital. Can you please go to the hospital and help him? Um, you know, he's he's dead. And I said, well, how can I help him? And he says, well, he's brain dead. And there's, you know, and, and the doctors are saying that, like, they don't know if there's anything that they can do. His spine is still alive, but his brain is dead. And he's on oxygen machines to pump oxygen into him because he can't breathe on his own because the brain is gone. And I'm like, what? And, you know, and so here's a man who's done my nails and we've talked for 15 years and the owner of the the salon, he knew he was good friends with Steve and he knew what I did, but, you know, never really said anything about it. And he said, will you please just go to the hospital and see him? Went to the hospital, went over to Thunderbird and he was in the ICU unit and, um, you know, I asked spirit, I'm like, how am I supposed to get in there? I'm not family. And spirit said, it's okay. You know? And 
I thought, huh. I went in there and I went up to the desk. I went to the ICU unit and I asked if I would be able to see him. And he had just got out of surgery and the lady's like, okay, we'll just add your name because only two people right now can go in at a time. And his wife and his grandmother are in there with him now. And I said, okay. So I went and signed my name in, went and sat down. They didn't ask me if I was family. They didn't ask me anything. And I thought, this is strange. And, you know, he's just got undergone surgery and everything like that. But I said, okay, spirit, I just trust that I'm, I'm, I'm in the right place for, for the right reason. And, um, going in after the, after they left and, you know, she just go ahead and go on in. And I went in there and his doctor was there, his nurse was there. They had him iced down. He was having severe fevers from the, from the removing a whole section of his skull. They removed this whole side of his skull, cut it out. So the brain was still exposed. Um, you know, cause it, he had so much swelling in his brain that, um, that, um, his brain was bleeding. He ended up with a serious brain bleed and, um, and he had went home from work that day, you know, uh, saying, I'm having head pain and my ankles are swelling. I don't know why I don't feel good. Went home, passed down on his bed. His wife came home, found him unconscious on the bed. By the time they got him to the hospital, he was diagnosed as brain dead. His pupils wouldn't dilate whatsoever. And the doctor said he still has movement in the spine, but that's about it. You know, we need you to decide if you want us to go ahead and pull the plug because he's on ventilator machines to keep him breathing and he can't breathe or eat or do anything on his own. And I didn't know what to do. I'm like, why am I being asked to be here? Like, yeah, number one, he's not family. And, you know, and, and I knew I was being called to be there for a reason. I didn't understand. So I just started channeling him energy, clearing his fever, you know, removing inflammation, really connecting to his soul. He wasn't ready to go. And there was a part of him that wanted to come back so profoundly that I, I could feel it. So, you know, I was there all night. I told his wife, I said, you know, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I said, you know, and, and the next day I came back and started channeling him energy. And it was literally like somebody had taken some, the, you know, metal thumpers to his heart and went boom, boom. And his whole body just built it off the table. And all of a sudden his eyes opened and this, I was swelled closed because of the, the brain bleed and the swelling. This eye was all swelled up and he opens his eye and I looked at him and it wasn't Steve looking back at me. And I said, wow. And I had brought George to the hospital with me that, you know, we do sound baths together. And he says, it's not him, is it? He knew, I knew, we both knew. And I said, no, I didn't understand what was happening. So I started questioning it. Like, if it's not him back in the body, then who is this? And was told it was a walk-in. And he wasn't did not have enough strength to bring his physical body back. And they were going to help bring him back. And they did. And he did come back into his body. But when he first came back, it wasn't him. And I, I asked God, I asked Source, like, why? You know, like, I didn't understand it because I had never understood uh, the process of, I, I know we're spirits and I know we're having the human experience, but I didn't know to, to what level other spirits were willing to help us. Right. And we have so much help on the other side from angels, guides, loved ones, our lineage, and they want to help us fulfill whatever level of fulfillment we need to fulfill here on earth before we transition. And his death was so sudden and it it was so not, he was so not ready. His wife was not ready. The children were not ready. He was not ready. He needed that time to be able to connect, 
say his goodbyes, spend some more time here on earth before stepping back home. So when I know that I, I also just learned that, you know, you think about our guides and angels and stuff that they are all um, relatives and they're not necessarily, I mean, we have guides that, you know, um, that were, you know, part of our soul journey or our soul um, contracts that, you know, they're not necessarily lineage um, guides that, you know, cause that's, yeah. a, that's the question is this, you know, this walk-in spirit, was that a family member or was that just, that was probably just one of his spirit guides that said, Hey, Correct. I'm here to help. And Correct. And I think you said he, he had, he was given, you were, you gave him three more months to say goodbye to his family and he, he still yeah. transitioned, but three months later. Correct. Correct. Because he needed time to not, not only process the whole like separation because he wasn't ready. His family wasn't ready. Um, after bringing him back, because at the time they had put a trach in to get, you know, through, he, he was brain dead. So they Mm -hmm. had to put the tube in and everything to get him fluids, to get him food into the gut and everything. It had him on IVs. Um, but, um, yeah, they, he did end up coming back, getting his mobility back in his limbs. He was able to speak. He was able to talk. He was able to eat. And, um, but, but he was also, uh, in those transitional phases, phases of he was not supposed to be here much longer. And he did need to say his goodbyes. And he did need to have a little bit of a transition period that because he just wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. He wasn't ready. He, I mean, he did, he hadn't had the opportunity to say goodbye. He had so many loved ones come from, uh, you know, come to see him in the hospital afterwards when he came back and he would sit and talk to them. And mm-hmm. he had that opportunity to have that goodbye relationship with his children, with his wife, with his ex-wife, you know, all, all, all of the, all of the people that needed to say their goodbyes in person wow. without, without him just being gone. Yeah, man, what a gift. Um, yeah, it's powerful. It's uh, so a question that did come in is I'm not sure it's, is it the client's energy or other energies that I'm not sure what that means. Is it the client's energy or other energies maybe that you're working on during a session? Is that you're channeling the client's energies are, do other energies present themselves other than the client's spirit or? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I know what question that is. So, um, even though I don't see it, um, so (laughs) filling it energetically because I don't know, it wasn't very clear. Yeah. So, so when, when we have another, um, like when I'm working with people, I connect to who you are as a spirit. I connect to your higher self and you start divinely guiding me to those areas of your body that need to receive clearing and healing. If I were to go into my head and think, oh, Janine needs this, then I would be doing you an injustice. So when I tap into your soul energy and into who you are as a spirit, I'm literally working with you as a spirit to heal you. 
to for so that you can tap into your own innate wisdom and you can start to heal yourself from within and divinely guide me as to what it is you need also. And so that I can help you to clear, whether it's through manual therapy, whether it's through remote healing or whatever, we can start working on clearing whatever needs to be cleared mentally, physically, and emotionally. But it is me connecting to you. Will you have other beings that come in to help and assist? Absolutely. And that's when I say, if your husband who committed suicide comes through and says, I need you to tell my wife this and this and this, that's part of your healing. I don't consider myself necessarily a medium, even though I talk to unembodied spirits all the time. I consider myself an energy healer because my sole purpose is to help you heal mentally, physically, and emotionally, all of the above. And if that means hearing from a loved one, then that's what that means. If that means just clearing your physical body from pain, then that's what that means. So there's so many different levels of healing that happens and occurs when I'm working on somebody. I don't ever exclude any part of it. Yeah. And I think that happened with even one of my sessions is um, my uncle came through and energetically told you that he doesn't know why he's there, but you, you know, he said, obviously I'm here for her healing. I don't know why I'm here, but right. And then, and then you said you saw his whole life unfold and that he lived a very tortured life on earth. And, you know, so for whatever reason he felt I energetically called him in to sit in that session. Maybe it was still to clear him. I'm not sure, but that was an interesting um, uh, session that we had that, yeah, yeah, it's like, so I think sometimes they, they're called in because yeah. we spoke of him and he stayed and Correct. he said, I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. Obviously it's for her healing, but yeah. Yeah. Anytime that you think of a loved one on the other side, you bring, you can bring them in to talk to, talk to you and connect with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have a loved one on the other side and you want, you want to talk to them, just sit and talk to them. You mm-hmm. know, they can hear everything. As soon as you say, okay, I want to talk to you, dad, and this is something I need to share with you. They're there. You're, you're, because you're requesting their soul and their spirit to come in and listen. And so it's not like they're peeping in in your life all the time, unless if you're asking them, Hey, will you come in and be with me? Or I need to talk to you. I need to share this with you. And they'll give you all kinds of signs that they're there. Sometimes we don't see them. And sometimes we, we like kind of put our blinders on and act like that it's not happening, but they're there. They're there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we have been at this for two hours. That's crazy. Over two hours. We knew it was going to be long, but that's what's exciting. So before we, you know, uh, exit, you are getting ready to do a loving kindness retreat. Tell us listeners about that. Yeah. So September 30th through October 7th. Um, I am putting together a retreat where we will be in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. I'm flying out Bonte Sujatha. He's known worldwide as the loving kindness monk. And I have multiple people that will be there as practitioners. I will be doing energy healing and sound healing. Um, I also have Bonte will be doing guided meditations. He'll be doing storytelling and he'll also be, um, with us all week, um, not only doing meditations, but doing teachings about loving kindness, how to be loving and kind to yourself and others. He's been a monk for over 40 years. Um, and um, he also uh, has a lot of 
amazing things that he's accomplishing in the world. So we're going to be giving a percentage of the proceeds to his charities. Um, he purchases medical equipment and incubators for babies in hospitals in Sri Lanka that can't afford them. Um, when he was there in Sri Lanka, um, the women would come every day and, and mourn over losing their preemies because there wasn't resources in the hospitals there to keep them alive. And when he started being a monk here in the U.S., he quickly realized that it wasn't a problem here in the U.S. He wasn't having all the women come and mourn for losing their babies as much as he did in his homeland in Sri Lanka. And he's like, well, the resources are here in the world the, the you know, the technology's here. It's just he was from a poverty stricken country. And right. so he started raising funds to do that. He's raised so much money and done so many beautiful things. He builds homes, he buys medical supplies, he gives uh, medications to the hospitals, anything he can do, he does. And right. so, you know, um, I really resonated with the fact that he is, he wants to emanate loving kindness to everyone in the world and teach loving kindness. And he walks his walk. And he talks his talk and it's a beautiful thing. So I feel blessed that he's able to be there with us in Mexico that week. Mm -hmm. um, we also, I have one of my clients, Penny Bailey, she's going to be flying in and doing yoga on the beach and water aerobics. She's a nutritionalist and she's a health coach. She travels around the world. She's going to be in the Dominican this summer, but she does uh, retreats and, and events around the world. So I feel blessed that she's able to be part of our retreat, um, helping people stay healthy and fit and doing uh, guided yoga. And you could never have done yoga in your life, she said, and you'll fit right in because nice. she says, I teach yoga on all levels. Yeah, that's <laughs> and yeah, but the resort we're doing it at, there's so many different things, you know, for everyone to do it. I really want it to be a retreat slash vacation. Um, a lot of people go on vacation and they feel like they need to go on vacation from their vacation. Yes. And, and I want this to be a actual vacation where people, if you want to come and lay on the beach, lay on the beach. If you want to do yoga on the beach, great. If you want to do meditations, great. If you want to go do zip lining through the jungle, do that. If you want to swim with the dolphins, do that too. I want people to just come and have an amazing experience and you can participate as much or as little um, at the retreat as you want. And yeah. it's really super affordable. Um, you know, people can go for um, two people for eight seventy five each, wow. like seventeen fifty for a room for the entire week. It includes your accommodations and you do have to pay your airfare and food, but you can right. budget budget that according to however you want. It is just going to be an, a, just a fun week. I just wanted to create something where people can just come be be part of a community with like-minded people and um, expand on your consciousness, have some downtime, you know, lay it, lay at the beach, yes. you know, sit, sit in the sand, sit in the pool, whatever you like to do. There's 24 hour gyms, there's full spa, six restaurants on site, four bars. Uh, there's even swim up bars in the pools. So uh, hot tubs. One stop. Yeah, it is. Literally, and it's within walking distance right into PV. So you can walk outside the resort, walk down the sidewalk, and you're in downtown PV. So nice. it's yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to link um, in the in the show notes. I'll I'll drop um, Denise's information in that for you guys for more information on how to book that. She also does gong sound experience and energy healing events here in Scottsdale locally. I believe those are monthly. Mm -hmm. You can hit 
with just a sound bath with her and George, who is amazing and an amazing experience. We've done several. And um, there's also one that they do in um, Michelle, a medium participates and um, will give you about a 10 to 20 minute reading. Um, again, we've done that a couple of times with them and it's both are very um, great experiences. Uh, the other is, yeah, we're Denise and I might be uh, collaborating uh, working on creating something um, unique sites are on Greece maybe for next year. So uh, we'll bring a bunch of healers and collaborate a very uh, a memorable experience. Keep you guys posted on that. Lots of stuff in the works for um, energy healing and the one thing I want to say before closing is, you know, we've spoke about one-on-one -on -one sessions, in-person sessions, but what's really nice about Denise's work is she doesn't have to put her hands on your body. Her work um, can be done through remote phone healing. work, um, healing through phone. She does, she has clients from around the world with transformative, transformational stories and that she's never laid her hands on their body. So if you are interested in working with Denise and you're, you've liked what you've heard today, you, she can be found on Instagram at I am one with the universe always website is Denise M last name is spelled K N U T S O N.com. Or you can also visit I am one with the universe.com easy to follow. Like I said, I will put those links in with the show notes. And if you have any questions, she's super responsive. She's quick on her response. She's a busy girl, but she's, um, this is what she loves. This is her passion and she is good at it. So I want to say thank you so much. I, it has been such a pleasure working with you and I am blessed to have found you and blessed that you put your hands on my body, but you know, <laughs> we'll be leaving this summer. So we're going to be doing some of the phone calls and I, yeah. you know, it, it just, you are a blessing to so many into this world. Thank and you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And anyone that does want to attend the retreat, um, just try and reach out to me directly. You can check out information online and go to Bhante Sujatha's website as well and read about him doing morning coffee with Bhante and things like that. But if you have any questions about the retreat, just reach out to me directly because I'm trying to avoid people having to pay any processing fees. So if somebody okay. wants to attend and do Zelle or Venmo, I just really want it to be as inexpensive as possible for people to just go and have a really great time. Yes, I will link his information as well. I get his morning coffee every single day. So I'll be sure to link him in as well um, so they can get the information on him. But Denise, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Right. Have Enjoy your West, the rest of your weekend and blessings. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. If you liked this session today, be sure to register to join us live in the moment. For an updated schedule of events and upcoming guests, be sure to head over to JanineRotter.com and check out the events page 
or find me on my Instagram at my handle in the moment underscore live. I can't wait to see you in the moment.